Join me in prayer as we enter our message time this Sunday morning. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your kingdom in heaven and on earth. We apologize for stepping in and out of it on earth because of worries and misplaced trusts. We ask for your revelation to mend our souls, to develop a kingdom heart, to live kingdom lives on earth. We completely submit to your authority. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may have a seat. Wow. We have a whole empty section. Oh, good. This is going to be intimate. I like this. Nice, intimate time. I like that. Ah, it's nice to see you guys this morning. Uh, for those, uh, we, we have any guests here? Any new timers? Y'all know me then. I don't have to go through that again. Okay. <laughs> no, it is. But we might have some guests on uh, Facebook there. So uh, if you're wondering who I am, my name is Drake, senior pastor here at Elevating Life Church. And uh, again, it's good to be with everyone. Hey, this week, I'm excited about our message this week. Uh, and the reason being is that, you know, if you pay attention, uh, stay engaged and apply the principles and the conditions uh, that accompany this message. Uh, your life, I promise you this, uh, will become more meaningful. And that's what we're after in our faith. We want to become more meaningful uh, to ourselves and, of course, to others. And so, uh, and we want to do that impacting God's kingdom now and always. So uh, I'm excited. I hope you're excited. And let me say that that's one of, you know, that's, that's the different roles and responsibilities. We truly have to uh, put ourselves uh, in our role and responsibility and be excited. And so I hope you are. I am. Uh, because uh, putting this together, uh, there's so much meat here, and it will really, really help if you apply uh, what I'm going to share with you today. Now today, we're going to continue to be uh, in the book of Matthew chapter 6 amid the Sermon on, on the Mountain. Uh, we've been in Matthew uh, 5, 6, and 7 for a good while. Actually, we're not even to 7 yet. We've been in the Sermon on the Mountain for, for several months, and we're going to be there for another several months. So that's where we're going to be today, uh, where Jesus illustrates how to get out of the chaotic living, and that's personally or collectively, created by uh, this world's kingdom, and, and he, he's teaching us so that we can get out of that chaos and stay out of the hell that's caused by it. Are you with me? Now, when I say the world's kingdom... I mean the world's way of doing life rather than God's way of doing it. Too many of us, too many Christians, we're opting to live out the, the world's way or through kingdom or worldly kingdom living. Excuse me. Too many people live in hell here on earth and believe it's how it's supposed to be. Raise your hand if you understand that our life here is not to be hell or live through uh, chaos and, and through hate and all of that. Raise your hand if you're with me. Okay, because too many people believe, even as Christians, that is how it's supposed to be. And let me say, wrong. Jesus, Jesus then uh, is in vain if that was the case. But too many of us focus on this world 
uh, and we refuse to get our eyes where it needs to be so that we can focus uh, and, and we can live in, in uh, satisfaction. You know, I was sharing with our Sunday uh, cool class this morning. I said, you know what? I, I know our song this year, if you look at the ministry plan, is it is well with my soul. That's the motto. And uh, what's, what's the song, the old hymn song that's our, our song? Betty, it is well with my soul, right? Right. You know what? I've, I've been doing some evaluation over the last couple of weeks and months just with everything, not just our church. Um, you know, if we're going to see and face reality, this is the real song right now. I can't get no satisfaction. And, and it's so true. You talk with Christians, you say, I'm engaged in stuff. Why are you not satisfied? We're chasing after happiness. Do you know happiness is a result, not a goal. And too many of us who call ourselves Christians, uh, we're in the midst of this chaos. This We can call it hell. And so when I say the world kingdom, I mean the world's way of doing life rather than God's way of doing it. And listen, if your mind, uh, your relationships are chaotic and crazy, I promise you, you're not doing it God's way. And too many people live in hell, hell here on earth and, again, believes the way it, it, it's, it's supposed to be. Wrong. God's kingdom exists now through the way, truth, and life of Jesus, allowing people to thrive, not survive, thrive uh, through, uh, through kingdom living with kingdom hearts in the present. It's the whole reason why Jesus came. He came to establish His kingdom here on earth to get us out of the chaos that sin and, and brokenness caused uh, by the fall of humanity. Not only does He want, Jesus wants us to get out, but He also wants us never to return to the hell caused by it. And, and true people, true people of God, Spiritual people, rather than institutionalized religious people, understand this full well. Who's with me? Again, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, uh, and uh, with the message that I've titled this week, our message is, religious people want out of hell. Spiritual people don't want to return to hell. I want you to grab onto that title, because it, it is reality for so many people. Too many people come up to John and me and Matt and say, my life is hell. Religious people want out of hell. Spiritual people don't want to return to hell. Today I want to talk to you about intentionally seeking God's kingdom to get you out of the mess or hell caused by worrying and fretting over the foolish things of this world. But I want to talk to you about seeking God's kingdom intentionally. Now let me say this. Do you realize the chaos and hell you put yourself and others through is completely avoidable? The secret, you must be completely dependent on God. I promise you, if your life is chaotic and it's, it's completely out of control or whatever that is, with anger and contempt and defensiveness and everything that that is, 
I promise you, this will resolve the problem. You have to be completely dependent on God and engaged and focused with Him at all times. That is the solution. And this is precisely um, what Jesus is doing through His teachings, uh, teachings excuse me, in uh, the Sermon on the Mountain, teaching people to be completely dependent on God. Jesus came to show and teach us how to get out of hell and grow in a way where we never return to it. So with that, let's read our opening verse to unite with God and each other through kingdom living with the kingdom heart. Are you with me? Matthew 6.33 Jesus, our Lord and Savior, is speaking and teaching in these words here. He says, but seek first His kingdom. You don't get to make up what that is, by the way. You don't get to interpret it based on your likings and your preferences. God knew that full well if you read Matthew chapter 5. But seek His kingdom and His righteousness. By the way, you don't get to make up that either. That we have to do it God's way, Jesus' way, or we'll, we will never get out of the hell we're in. But seek first the kingdom uh, and His righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. What are those things? Anybody remember last week's message? Lay up. Talking about those treasures, isn't he? If you recall that message as we're growing and developing together. So let me read it again to make sure we got this into our heart. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. That's Matthew 6.33 begins our message. Again, titled, Religious People Want Out of Hell. Spiritual People Don't Want to Return to Hell. To begin... Excuse me. To begin, let me say this. Too many people like the name Quiznos. By the way, Quiznos is a made-up Italian word for this franchise. Did you know that? So too many people... Uh, excuse me, my, my mic fell down. <laughs> Put it in my pocket here. Too many people like the name Quiznos live in a made-up fake religion they think is Christianity. Let that sink in. And the sad part is the devil looks at these false representations of people and knows it, and it's doing nothing more than turning up the flames of hate, chaos, and disgust for life. And I can just see the devil here sitting back, taking it all in and, and as he's doing so, and as the flames of hate and chaos and disgust get higher and higher, I can see him sitting back and saying, Mmm, toasty. I didn't know if you're going to get that in there or not. That's the motto of this fake 
religion. And that's a great model for our in context here because, hey, that's exactly what the devil's doing with this made-up Christianity that so many people are living out. And he's just going, mmm, toasty. Because isn't it sad how much hate and chaos and how much disgust there is for life? It, it's, it should break your heart. And it should cause you to adjust your life, make some corrections, and maybe even give yourself a little rep reprimand and get on the straight and narrow road with Christ. Too many Christians live in hell and want out of it. Now, again, the solution is right before us, right before you. Re recall Jesus saying this. Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. At hand means there is another option, and it's available now. And let me say this. Too many Christians are saying, hey, I'm going to accept the kingdom now, but I'm going to wait for it hereafter. That is a false representation of Christianity. No, we step into it, we accept it, and we live it now. Or you will miss the mark, as we see in Matthew chapter 7, where Jesus is speaking to religious people, and they said, didn't we serve this in your name and do this in your name? And what did Jesus say? He says, I never knew you. If you don't know Matthew chapter 5, and what he's doing, developing a kingdom heart with Matthew chapter 5, you might be in that little audience. And he said, I never knew you. Off to what? And how many Christians in this life are living in hell and they believe that's the way it's supposed to be? Jesus never intended us to live that uh, with anyone, with ourselves or with others. Does that make sense? I mean, otherwise, why did Jesus say, follow me? He said it to learn and apply the principles taught throughout the Sermon on the Mountain. That is the, that is the discourse or the message that shows us what the other option is all about. And the other option, it will never change. The other option is kingdom living with the kingdom heart now. Does that make sense? And with this sense in place, guess what? I have a question for you. Here's our question for today. And you have to think of yourself. Don't think of your spouse. Don't think of somebody else. Don't think of me. Sure you will, but that's okay. So here's the question. At the moment, in your reality, is chaotic and stressful living, hellish living, burning up your relationship with God and others in life, in God's kingdom. We're going to have it up on the board again. At this moment, is your reality, is it chaotic and stress, stressful living, hellish living, burning up your relationships with God, others, in life? If you're singing this song, I can get no satisfaction really need to pay attention to this, this question. There's too many people who are uncontent, never satisfied. Unfortunately, for this, with this question, uh, most, most lives are chaotic and totally out of control. So let's find out 
how to escape this hell, never to return to it again, shall we? Can we do that? Now, again, the key to anyone wanting to escape hellish living and not returning to it um, is total dependence on God. I can't say that enough. There is no other way. Now, today we live in a time where God's objective authority is being challenged in favor of our subjective inner experience. We interpret life with our feelings, our attitudes, our intuition, our preferences, our own little selfish values. And the reason is we've been taught to trust ourselves or our own little tribes, if you will, and nobody else. We work from this chaotic, crazy life from the inside out, and we define who God is. Do you hear that? That's so ridiculous. And we define and we interpret. We don't have an interpretive tool in our toolbox or anything. We just walk around like animals thinking we can interpret life based on our feelings and our attitude. And for some reason, there's some people who are favored. Nobody is favored, my friends, except for the family of God who is chosen. And that is, collectively speaking, I had too many Christians come to me and go, well, this is what it means to me. <laughs> Be careful. With that, you need, this is what it means to me, and then give me an objective conversation that uncovers the proof of these principles that you claim to be yours. So important. Again, the reason this happens is we've been taught to trust ourselves, our own culture, our own family, biologically speaking. If you... Don't show loyalty to them first. Well, how's that working for you? Thinking about it, isn't it causing the world to be a smaller and more pathetic place? Especially with morons running things. Now, Some Christians might be, you're using the word moron? You bet. Why am I using that harsh word? Because the book of Proverbs does. The Bible tells us this type of mindset, is, they're really closed off, and it is a mark of foolishness since it ignores our fundamental need for dependence on the object of our faith, God. Too many of us are defining our faith based on the subject, us, and not turning their eyes on God to seek Him outside of you, outside of our whatever that is. We see this Proverbs 14, 16, very powerful insight here. Wisdom. The wise fear the Lord and shun, King James, right? Shun evil. But a fool is hot-headed and yet feels secure. That word fool, fool right there, um, it's, it's actually harder. You, you can put in whatever word you want there. That, that What's the word we used this morning? Bleeping, moron. Had other words, but you know. It, it literally, it, it actually interpret, if you know how to interpret properly, objectively speaking, 
It literally reads that way. The wise fear the Lord, all caps there, and shun evil. But a fool, bleeping fool, bleeping moron is how you read it in, in Scripture, in the Tanakh, is hot-headed and yet feels secure. You ever meet an, a, a defensive, contemptuous, uh, critical uh, person who is just angry and they're so secure in it? It is, it is comical. They're, they, they're content in their anger and in, in their talking back. That's what contempt is, right? In court. Got Debbie up here. You're in contempt of what? God's kingdom. And this is so our culture today because anger and contempt is our reality in our culture today and in, in the church. We've got to conquer that. And I, I'm not going to go here, but if you recall, a few weeks back, we talked about that command in Matthew chapter 5 where Jesus is speaking to His disciples. And He says, you've been told not to murder. Do you know what He's dealing with in the, in the heart there? Two things. Your anger and your contempt. Your bad talking. We need to get a kingdom heart. That's why Jesus... Is, is so adamant in teaching that on the Sermon on the Mount. And it's the first thing he's talking about because what else except anger and contempt causes murder? Nothing. You can go to the courtroom and prove that to be true. And so the wise fear the Lord and shun evil, but a fool is hot-headed and yet feels secure. Anger management right there. And let's use Jesus to do that. So let's decide right now not to be fooled. And may we completely depend on God to live out kingdom living with kingdom hearts. Can we do that? Excuse me, I got some ice in my mouth. All right, with that, this saw Proverbs. Let's go back to Matthew 6 to gain a deeper understanding of what this means to stay out of the flames of chaos and, and stressful living and worry, anxiety. We, we do agree, right? That, that's, that's a huge problem in our world today. And, and let's see how to resolve this through Scripture. Now, any person who has ever lived in the world can find reason to worry. Yes? Do you agree with me? Are we on the same page of music? Any. Uh, what comes to mind? Financial pressures. Throw some... Some thoughts out here. Financial pressures definitely come to mind. Deadlines at work, right? Um, family expectation. How about the extended family expectation? Hoo, hoo, hoo. Uh, and I'm looking around. Y- y'all deal with customers and uh, all of those. They, they want it down, done tomorrow. You know, I mean, it's just crazy. There are so many reasons to worry. Now, if we didn't mention your worry, hey, just fill in the blank uh, if I didn't mention a worry that fits you. My point is this. My point is that we all have worries and stresses that make our stomach churn, if you will, and, and account for uh, many sleepless nights. I was talking with our crew this morning. It'd be interesting to see how many, if just in this room or just on our roll call, how many people are using sleeping medicines to fall asleep? 
Thank you for your honesty. That's true, right? We live in that. Nothing wrong with that. But, but there's a reason for that. I'm not saying it's wrong because we have to, we got to manage it because our stress. But let me say this. If that's your primary go-to, that material, that, that substance, nothing wrong to manage your life with it. But if that's what you're doing to manage and deal and that's it and you're not getting a kingdom heart, we got to think, folks. we got to see and face reality. Okay? I appreciate Tylenol PM. I can't tell you. Some nights I just, I'm serious. I'm with you. But we've got to understand it's, it's getting to, uh, we can't let substances, no matter if they're legal, illegal, be our God. I want you to think about that because we've got to seek God's kingdom. So there's many worries that make our stomach turn and, and account for those many sleepless nights. But understand, Jesus cautions us against worrying and anxiety. Uh, he cautions us. Cautions, yeah, I can talk. Cautious. Cautions. Somebody say it for me. Thank you. Okay, it's in your heart now. Us against worrying about anything. Even the food or, or the clothes that we wear. Now, in the passages we're going to look at, we're going to fly through this. In the passages we are about to examine, Jesus gives us, that's His disciples, reasons for trusting in God objectively rather than worrying subjectively in our little closed-off world, in our caves. So let's look at several of them to keep us out uh, of this chaos or hell. First, why should we not worry? Here we go. We're going to go through these quickly, and we're going to just use Scripture to speak for uh, itself. Well, the same God who gives us the greater gift of life will undoubtedly supply the lesser gifts of food and clothes. Look at this. Matthew 6, uh, 55, 25 says this. Therefore, I tell you, just as Jesus speaking, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body. What you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. That's a good reason. Wouldn't you agree? What about this one? Another reason not to worry is the God who cares for birds will care for His people. And let me say this. Jesus is being a little sarcastic. Oh, that's not the right word. But using humor here to, to really get His point across. But uh, if the God who cares for birds will care for His people, um, aren't humans just that much more greater value in the sense of that relationship He has with us and them? Matthew 6, 26, check this out. Um, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. I need to pause here. Come on, something should be coming to you. How many barns do we have? How much stuff do we have? Jesus is making a point and He's being pretty humorous here. We got way too much stuff. We're hoarders. And He's making a point here. Awesome. Most people don't see that. But, uh, and yet, your Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than them? And, it, 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 and then they, if Matt was in here, he would talk about too many people are holding on to their stuff and won't release it. You see that? Matthew 6 26. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, here's another one Worry squanders energy, please hear this, pointlessly. 
Okay, let me say that again because too many people are worrying. Worry squanders energy pointlessly. And it doesn't change the reality of the situation one single bit. What we need to learn to do is to see and face reality and accept it. Every time I say this, I think of Jack Nicholson in that movie, A Few Good Men, where he says, you can't handle the truth. He's talking about seeing and facing reality. And it's so true because how many people have we said, we need to turn the mirror on you. And they're angry and in contempt and walk away going, I hate that person. I hate that. And contempt and put people down, gossip and slander. Worry squanders energy pointlessly. Matthew 6, 27 says, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? No, but you, you definitely can take it away. We can do this worrying thing all day with just Matthew chapter 6. Here's another reason why not to worry. Worry ignores, please hear this, worry ignores God's demonstrated faithfulness in our lives. God is always faithful. The problem is you don't trust in God. and We're not completely dependent on God. If we're just going to see and face that reality where we can work in a way that is at least bringing some results that then we can embrace that problem with a spirit of resolve, resolve, excuse me, not a spirit of contempt. We can resolve these things where we're increasing and growing in God's kingdom with a kingdom heart. So worry ignores God's demonstra uh, demonstrated faithfulness in our lives. Matthew 6, 28 through 30 says this, and why do you worry about clothes. I need to pause here. You know what? What do you think he's talking about here? You can't say it. Just think about that. What, what do you think he's talking about here? A lot of times we, we miss what Jesus is teaching. And why do you worry about, can I put it this way? Your looks. Read it again. We've softened it up because in our culture today, Our looks have a higher priority, our reputation, our looks, than God does. Again, it'd be interesting to go around just with uh, the people we know and collect, uh, let's say, the funds on how much overspending there is on keeping us uh, looking good. I might be pushing some buttons here. And I appreciate my wife doing her fingernails and Every, but think about it. What's our, where's your priority? If, if, if we sat down and we'd put that on the table and look at the finances and your time, whoo-hoo, what would be a higher priority? Okay? Again, a higher priority. You need to do it. Please, thank you for looking nice, by the way. But we, we go overboard. Thousands and thousands, billions of dollars. And that's just going across the nation in our Christian churches. And we're trying to figure out how to pay our bills. Are you with me? Got to see God's kingdom, folks. See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one 
of these. And he goes on and says, is that, uh, if that is how God clothes the grass to make them look uh, naturally, uh, the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of what? Ooh, Jesus is pretty tough. Do you realize the same God who, who so wonderfully clothed the flowers of the field is, is responsible for caring for them as well? Every, here's something you put in your, in your memory bank. Uh, every blooming flower, especially in spring now, is a reminder of God's faithfulness to us. Get that into your memory bank. Let me say it again. Every blossoming flower is a reminder of God's faithfulness to us. And it should remind us that we ought to be uh, return that faithfulness right back to Him. Great reminder as we're going into spring. Let's keep going. Um, here's a big reason not to worry. We are God's children. This is another reason not to worry and stay out of the chaos and hell of this life. Matthew 6, 31 through 32, you know we're coming to the end because 33 is our, is our final verse. Uh, uh, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear uh, for the pagans? And I interpret this, those religious people who have been in, in institutionalized, those people. For the pagans, those people that want out of hell, Run after all of these things. Run after happiness rather than uh, allowing it to be a result in their life because of obedience. For the pagans run after all of these things and your heavenly Father knows what you, uh, that you need them. Please understand that God will never trust us or trust, excuse me, treat us as orphans who need to fend for ourselves. That is, that is, if we would just seek Him. We have a role and responsibility. We have to seek Him just like we do relationships. There's a two-way street here. It's a narrow path, but you've got to do your part. I was going to say this, but we had a conversation yesterday. Should I say this, Heather? Since we're there, you either hate me or love me at this point. How many of you appreciate deadbeat people in your relationships? Deadbeat, that gives you a career, doesn't it? Deadbeat people in the court system. Hey, I despise, despise, and I, this is not hate, I love them, but I despise the behavior. The people don't take responsibility to help pay the bills in their home. It doesn't make any sense if we call ourselves responsible. And if we say we're in this relationship, don't be a deadbeat Christian. Let's wake up. Let's face and see that reality. And let's really come together. And again, here I appreciate the crowd. I do. I love the intimate crowd. But last week we had 100 plus. And today, so I'm just helping with you. You're, you're obedient. You're, you're the, the choir, if you will. Go out there and catch other people on fire. Get them here. If that's not your priority, then go get your eyelashes done or whatever you do. One last one. 
When we worry about tomorrow, we miss out on today. Matthew 6.34 says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So there you have it. Reasons, and we can go on and on. Reasons from Jesus Himself through the Sermon on the Mountain for trusting in God objectively rather than worrying subjectively. As people who genuinely want to make an impact in this world and get and stay out of hellish living to honor Christ, we need to apply uh, the Jesus reasons here and, and lead the way that allows others to see our faith so that they can catch God's kingdom and be drawn in. And the way to do this is by completely what? Depending on God in the face of our daily pressure. So the next time that you find yourself falling back into hellish ways and under the stress and the pressures of, of this world, pray for the grace you need to depend on God, who is perfectly and eternally worthy of our trust through His truth. We cannot separate grace and truth. Too many people are living by God's grace, and you have to connect and be in relationship with His truth. This makes you a jerk with no grace. This makes you freedom out of control, hellish living. We've got to get them back. God's principles with His grace and tune up life and hit that sweet spot where we get that, that note that, we're going to, that we want in life. So I encourage all to do so. I encourage you, please, or otherwise, continue to live in the hell that so many Christians choose to live in. It's your decision. Decide right now to stop living in the chaos of this world's kingdom, or I can say kingdoms, and once and for all, seek God with all of your heart, mind, and strength to receive the treasures of God's kingdom with a kingdom heart. All I can do here is let's end where we began. Matthew 6, 33. John, I'm going to have you read it. <laughs> but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Amen.